Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mind Your Soul. And today's focus is on having some core strategies for anxiety management. And therefore, I invited Dr. Belinda Ralia, who is, uh, well, she's so many things. And recently, she just published her amazing book, Fix Me, which has a whole toolkit for anxiety management. So that's the reason why you're here. But will you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Of course. Hello, Farah, and thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast today. I really do appreciate you. And as you rightly said, I'm an author now, and it's really exciting. But by profession, I'm a psychotherapist and an anxiety expert. But my true passion, I've discovered, is writing. So I'm really proud of my new book, Fix Me. Of course, I have to show it off on your podcast. <laughs> Of course. And that's just so amazing. Like you sharing all of your expertise in a book, like very hands-on book that people can actually just, you know, look up and have some strategies, a toolkit, because often we kind of, we need a toolkit. Like how can we implement this in our lives, right? Um, yeah. Going to therapy or going to coaching, but we need, we need the practical element. And sometimes I feel like it's kind of lacking. Often it's like theories out there. I like to have something hands on do this and this will help you with calming your nervous system or whatever um, I think that's amazing what you're doing um, and that's why I just had to have you on the podcast of course oh, I had to thank you thank you so much no it's really a pleasure to be here and I really enjoy you know being an anxiety expert and once you've got all those tools behind you I mean sadly I've experienced anxiety myself and worked with lots of people that experience anxieties and as I said sadly people have um, been experiencing anxiety a lot more since lockdowns happen and from that moment it's nice to know that mental health is being brought to the forefront especially people that are suffering from anxiety more and more it seems to be a lot of uncertainty in our world at the moment. So I thought it's a perfect time to have my book published. I agree. Yeah, COVID did a lot of things to us. And I think actually the one thing that was good is like the focus on mental health was like yes. was more enhanced due to COVID. Like it's always been there, but like the focus is so much more on mental health now. So I definitely think your, your book just being released is on the perfect timing. Um, so I have some questions for you related to your amazing book. Um, could you share one or two of your most impactful strategies for manning, managing anxiety and, and kind of describe how they help your clients? Certainly. Um, a big <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly. I think the most impactful uh, strategy for anxiety is physical exercise. I think engaging in regular physical exercise has been shown to be highly effective in reducing anxiety symptoms. And a lot of people don't realize this. Now, I know many um, like the idea of exercise, but they just can't find the motivation to do it. But what people have to understand is that exercise actually releases those natural endorphins, which um, are natural mood boosters. And these chemicals in the brain have got a feel good factor. Now, I know, again, that a lot of people, they say, oh, you know, they want a quick fix or a tablet to boost their mood. 
but exercise is that mood enhancer. And besides, exercise doesn't have to be so complicated. It, it just um, helps reduce that muscle tension and promotes better sleep, both for which contributes to the anxiety and uh, the anxiety reduction, I should say. So if your listeners feel stuck they can, they, and they need that encouragement, they can get it from people in their inner circle as well. And that's the second thing. Um, so get involved in support groups, dance, walk, uh, simple exercises make a huge difference. So I would say social support is the other thing that helps with um, maintaining that and managing that anxiety. You know, have that trusted support system, a sense of belonging, understanding and validation, yeah. someone to talk to. All of these things help with maintaining uh, anxiety and alleviating the symptoms and they're really quite simple things absolutely we're tribe people like we 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 thrive in tribes and yes, like yes. That. And, and that is one thing also for mental health that's like it's just as important to have social belonging i think that's the most important actually of course exercise is important i talk about this a lot but like the social thing that was cut off in covid um that is that detriment like that i think of took a very tough toll on people because what happens in the brain is that the whole reward system the whole gratification and the whole feeling of belonging like we need that and that gives us the most satisfaction actually yeah, um, absolutely. even though we take it for granted sometimes um, but but that is actually very important to have that circle as you just mentioned and yeah, exercise is not supposed to be two hours in the gym. Like, I think it's like a social, like when you see the commercials, they're all like, oh, I'm pumping. And it's like, no, like, you can go for a 20, 20 minute walk in nature and your dopamine levels would be up by 70%. Like this is research. So it's like, come on now. It's not, it's not that hard like to go for a walk. You don't have to do strength training or you don't have to do tough training. Um, of course, it's good to do it. But yeah, so I agree with you. It's it's accessible. Like you can it, do it. it. Absolutely. And as you said, it's those misconceptions people have of exercise, isn't it? And it can be so simple, a stretch in the morning. And the idea when you're in the shower, just dancing and moving. And, you know, when you're just um, going up and down stairs is a form of exercise. People don't realize the simplest things have an impact and our mood enhances and that helps maintain that anxiety and you know it helps you manage it and the other thing is I think as you were saying as well COVID had such an impact those lockdowns caused so much uncertainty and with everything else that's going on in the world and the exposure on the news it's so negative yeah, that that's very triggers it doesn't it and I know you said a few um, things to uh, help manage and contain that anxiety people feel I think another important one that's just coming to mind right now is um, the limitations of watching negative news or having negative exposure on social media that it's really 
impacting people's anxiety levels and it's really quite sad to see yeah so it's very i think everybody's having anxiety of what's going on in the world currently which is like yeah i have no words for it like it's high anxiety levels and so what i did personally was that i stopped being on social media in the evening and watching the news uh, like not watching the news on social media and the news um, yeah. because I was not sleeping in the beginning of the war. I was actually not sleeping. I was having mm -hmm. all the nightmares during the night and it was affecting me during the day, obviously, because I was not sleeping well. So it's like it was like a circle, right? Then your day gets affected and my mood got affected and my whole persona got affected. So I was like, no, I, I can't watch it in the morning and I, in the evening. I have to do it like mid of the day if I want to watch it. I will do it like midday where I yes. can still go for a run or like, you know, get it out of my system because it's affecting me so much. And and people do that, right? They're on their phones in the evenings and scrolling and, and then they're getting it all in and your brain does not, like, it doesn't stop just because you put the phone away. It just keeps going. Um, I know. So and, yeah. it, and those limitations have to be put in place. They really do because people don't realize that scrolling before you know it, there's so many hours that go by and the impact that is having on your brain. I mean, you know this more than anything. Yes, that's why I said like it, it, yeah. the brain is still awake. It's not sleeping yes. just because you decided to go to bed. Um, <laughs> but you boosted it just before bedtime. So no. Yeah. It's going to affect you in your sleep. You're not sleeping well. You're not having the deep sleep that we need. And that affects you throughout the day as well. It just keeps going around and around, right? So we have to have the limitations in place, just like you said. Very important. I think that was a very good advice. Um, all of it was. But the limitations are very vital for your mental health, I would say. Currently, yeah. as, as what's going on in the world, I think we have to take those measurements. Um, I think so, especially if it's going to impact your sleeping patterns and, you know, we, we do. And that's a part of self-care, isn't it? And, you know, that's something I talk a lot about in my book about emphasizing the power of your own self-relationship and emotional Yeah, I was just going to ask you a follow-up question to that. So please go on about the self-relationship because I think that is a very important one to address. Um, yeah, no, definitely. You see, I think it's really important that we develop a better relationship with oneself because it contributes to managing that anxiety and taking control of your own life. When you have those limitations, for example, in place with the mobile phone and making sure that you're um, unwinding in a way that impacts your better sleep patterns and things like that makes you feel more calm when you're going to bed and I don't know who will agree with me but developing a better relationship with oneself is crucial in a very crucial aspect in managing anxiety and taking control because um, I can list a few ways and the first would be that self-awareness building a better relationship with oneself involves um excuse me, like cultivating self-awareness, uh, which is the ability to recognize and understand your own thoughts and mm -hmm. emotions and behaviors. If you don't understand yourself, then you, it's very difficult for other people to understand you. So you've got to know your individual um, triggers and patterns that contribute to that anxiety 
and they you know how they're impacting you and this awareness allows you to make conscious choices like you were talking earlier on about um, stopping certain habits just before you go to bed because you know that they're negatively impacting you and triggering that anxiety so to avoid that you should be mm -hmm. able to take those proactive steps to manage that anxiety effectively and the second one probably be self-compassion a lot of people talk about self-love and things like that so I say in the book I mentioned this quite a few times I say you know there should be that self-awareness there and then once you're aware of your triggers there should be that self-acceptance you should be able to accept okay I need to I'm using you as an example. Sorry, Farah, but I just think it's relevant. <laughs> I'm on the say, side, right? <laughs> so say, for example, you, you're saying to yourself, okay, um, I know that I'm getting negatively impacted by the news uh, just mm -hmm. before I go to bed. I know I need to get off my device or watch anything that's going to negatively impact me. Therefore, I need to accept that's something I have to change. So I talk okay. about self-acceptance and then the self-compassion. Because you see, I know and I'm sure that you will, um, you may have come across this yourself, but anxiety can often be uh, accompanied by self-criticism and negative self-talk. And when yeah, we Yeah, I, I talk about limiting beliefs a lot, like manifestations and mindsets, big believer of all of that, rewiring of thought, neuroplasticity. So keep on. Very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. So when you're developing that self-compassion, it involves treating yourself with that kindness, that understanding and acceptance, and especially during times of anxiety, you know, treating yourself almost as you would treat a best friend. And by yeah. practicing that self-compassion, uh, individuals can counteract that self-judgment and have a more supportive and nurturing inner dialogue and mm. this can help reduce that anxiety again promote emotional well-being and there's um there's so much i mean i can carry on there's the emotional empowerment people should have um anxiety can sometimes be fueled by um unprocessed or suppressed emotions and so oh, when yeah. you're developing a better relationship with yourself it involves acknowledging again and validating your own emotions allowing for there to be healthy expression to release those emotions yeah. as well and it goes back to what we started with that support network sometimes in order to release and express mm. yourself there should be mm. um it, it helps a lot when you have people around you and you have that support network around you and when you're um understanding your own emotions you can gain a sense of emotional empowerment you're aware of what you're feeling and that can, can contribute to that anxiety management no, I think all you're saying are like valid points and also the fact the first thing you just said like you have to be aware that's where it begins I, I talk about this a lot going from the subconscious to conscious living I call it because um, sometimes we are triggered and sometimes we don't exactly we can pinpoint what it is that's triggering us um, but then look at your like and then you have to dig a bit deeper and there are tools to do that obviously also but like 
yeah so it's kind of hard to be conscious about something you don't know like it's hard to be aware of something if you don't know what it is you have to be aware of so first yeah. of all uh, figuring that out and and then you can go to the awareness state where you know okay so is my sleep is being impacted because i'm watching the war just before sleep time just like i mentioned oh that's why i'm sleeping so poorly and uh, okay i gotta switch that now we have awareness now we're trying to incorporate a new habit and all new things take time habits do take time um but it's like, okay, I can try not to use my phone. And then you do it again because it was successful and you keep on going, uh, right? Um, yeah. So being aware is crucial. It's like number one for growth, I would say. Uh, definitely, definitely for personal growth. But sometimes I think you experience this um, with your clients, like you were saying, the emotional, everything. Yeah, the, the relationship with one, it is very vital. Um, if you don't understand yourself, like how can you heal or move on or acknowledge your emotions? But having experienced like people not knowing where they're healing from or like they don't know where this emotional trigger is coming from. Um, yeah. And, and they feel very anxious, right? So it's, yeah, yeah, they do. And I think that's a part of the self-relationship. So they can have th those um, identifications in place. They can yes. identify that, okay, my habits have changed. My mood has changed yes um, absolutely you're right yeah so when they uh, take care of their physical if something physical or emotional or mental mental sorry has changed mm -hmm. within them of course then they it um it is a part of um, a, a trigger or a sign that indicates okay i need to look at this from a different perspective i need to know what's impacting me and changing my behaviors maybe towards the way i'm feeling and thinking about myself and other people around me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so would you say that relationship with oneself is like the most important one to have i i, I would i would Ready? because oh, yeah okay because <clears throat> again that that emotional empowerment that i spoke about it helps you develop better relationships so if you have a better relationship with yourself of course you're not projecting negativity towards others and that helps yeah. you build and um build better relationships with other people you see it involves acknowledging and validating yourself and how you feel about yourself to then be able to express healthy expressions towards other people I think so. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it's important to have that self Yeah, no. I think all of the things you said are so beautiful. No, so, yeah, so I've been, like, um, I think it happened for, like, four or five years ago. Um, I, I, I was like, I have to switch things. I have to put me first. Um, so I was on my, my, my journey started around five years ago. So I was like, I have to, like, I've always been, so I'm a mother, so, you know, yeah, I'm a mother and I'm a single mom. So my kids always came first and giving birth to number three. I just realized, no, I come first, even though, of course, I love my baby. And I was I was pregnant with him at the time. But I realized that I I have to put myself first because when I do things that I love, I'm just a better mother. Um, 
So five years ago, I, I switched everything around and I was in my discovery journey and, and I'm still am. It's been five years along the road, but I'm still doing more and more of the things that kind of fuel my soul because then I'm just a happier version of me. Um, getting that daily dose of happiness, you know, and not only looking forward to the weekends or the holidays, but I was in the same autopilot as so many people. Like working nine to five and being like an autopilot mode and oh yeah it's friday now i can relax you know mm. no i want to get up every day and be happy and have something i look forward to every single day so i wanted to change that um so i did i i left my nine to five i created my own business um i'm doing That's what i love each and every day i know i'm taking risk um i, I left a high paying job um, money is not everything it just it does give you comfort but it's not it didn't give me like what my soul needed. Um, yeah. So yeah, now, it took think, me two years to take that decision. Like to make that decision, it took me two years um, because I am a single mom. Facts. I am supporting a family. That's yeah, facts. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize that about you. And kudos to you because a lot of single mothers like yourself, it it is really difficult for them to even consider that time for themselves you know and but I know it, it comes back to that analogy of the oxygen um, mask doesn't it if you don't put the it mask does. on yourself yeah if I don't have the strength how I'm going to uplift my kids how I'm going to be there for them and yeah. so yeah I like I am a single mom of three I work 10 12 hours a day but I still get to exercise each and every day but, mm. but when I say I work 10, 12 hours, it's because I work with what I love. So it doesn't feel like work. And yeah, I do take wonderful. breaks. I take breaks throughout the day. Otherwise, like cognitively speaking, you can do more than six hours of, of good performance. So I do take lots of breaks throughout the day. And uh, I have long breaks with my kids as well. And then I go back to something uh, because I work with the U.S. So mm. we have time zone differences. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, I think like betting on myself, I, I did it. So like it started five years ago, but seven months ago, I bet on myself and, and left the job that looked very good on the paper. And so I had it all on the paper, but I was not happy. Mm. Uh, I had an urge to work with mental in the mental health aspect and, yes. and share my knowledge with the world. That is what I wanted to do. And here we are today. Like I know. So. And it's wonderful because here you are hosting a podcast that's yes. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I started um this podcast and my business at the same time in July. Yeah. So it hasn't been long. Yeah. So I think just taking leap of faith and aligning with yourself, just like you said, relationship with yourself. So the five years, like it, it took the five years to get me where I am today. So me like being more in tune with myself, like listening to my intuition, feeling my triggers, acknowledging my emotions, um, doing what's good for my brain, like not to scroll beyond the phone, doing meditation, breathing exercises, doing all the things I tell my clients, like doing it and living it and know the effects of it. Um, it, it does have, I mean, tremendous effect on your mental health. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like you said. So I think I agree with you when you say a relationship with your oneself is the, where it begins. This is how you combat your own anxiety because we all have anxiety. It will never go away fully, but you can have yeah. some tools, right? Like you say in the book, 
Um, you talk a lot about um, the relationship between the head, heart, and the gut um, in Fix Me. Can you please yeah. elaborate on that, um, the relationship between these um, parts? Yes, I, I talk about understanding and harmonizing the connection between the head, heart, yeah. and gut, and yeah. how it can um, contribute to better the anxiety management and overall well-being. You see the head, and, and this is the part I know that you're, you're, you'll know about completely because the head represents our rational thinking, doesn't it? And our, logic, our logical analysis. And by understanding our thoughts and cognitive patterns, we can identify yeah. anxious or negative thinking patterns that contribute Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So I, I think um, through practices like cognitive restructuring, the meditation helps a lot, by the way. And oh, yeah. I talk about mindfulness often, but we can challenge and reframe those thoughts. And before I go on to that, I, I do want to clarify something. People have misconceptions, again, about meditation. Meditation doesn't mean sitting still for God knows know. how many minutes. It's so funny. I know. I know. It's funny. <laughs> and it, it can be, again, that walk in the park and just taking in what you're actually seeing and connecting with your senses. You know, what is it that you see, you can see, touch, smell, taste, etc.? And um, I'm going off on a tangent, sorry. So, um, no, no, but it's, it's true. I call it grounding. So it's like a grounding yeah. exercise. Yeah, yeah, I used it with my clients. I've used it on myself. I, I still use it, but I have to like get myself back to the present. Like I know this feeling is um, temporarily when I'm feeling anxiety. I always try to find out why I'm feeling like this. How yeah. can I work with my anxiety right now? So. Yeah. This is the feeling. I do the grounding. Actually, just what you said. The senses. I actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it well, helps a lot. If people need it as a tool, it's in my book. But exactly what you're saying, we can really challenge and reframe those thoughts by promoting yeah. a more balanced and realistic perspective as well. And that grounding technique it brings you. That back yeah. to reality because you're in the present aren't you and this yeah. helps reduce that anxiety and promotes a sense of calm and clarity and when we talk about um calm and clarity again the emotions can your heart symbolizing our emotions and intuitive wisdom as well we can identify the underlying causes of the anxiety and address them effectively if we know something's impacting us negatively acknowledge it and express those emotions in a healthy way, such as through journaling. Journaling is wonderful. Talking journaling is amazing. I know. It's at, people don't realize the benefits of journaling. It's the simple things. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. Sorry, I yeah, didn't I hear that. Actually, the power lays in the simple things, like yeah. journaling. Sometimes they want something, they're like, oh, you're a neuroscientist. What can you suggest? A brain hack. I'm going to journal it. I can give you some questions journal it answers because the answers are within you and they're like what journal it that's not like you know they, they think i will come with like something oh do something i don't know amazing <laughs> with your brain or work with this area but i'm like yeah journal it because you have the answers and, and, you and find another simple thing sometimes when you're saying something out loud to a friend a trusted friend or engaging in um 
creative outlets like painting or expressing and releasing that emotional tension you gain a deeper understanding again of yourself and that's what we're trying to do is get you to that build that emotional awareness and process that um processing that contribute to emotional resilience and improve your well-being and of course when you're able to do that the anxiety doesn't it is a part of our DNA, but it doesn't impact yeah. you so negatively because you know how to manage it and process it. And that mm-hmm. brings me onto the gut. And this is why I speak about um, gut health in, I'm sorry, in uh, the book because I talk about how the gut represents our intuition and in. Um, our instincts and our responses when you pay attention to your gut feelings it can help us make better decisions that align with our values and we can when we're doing things instinctively we are being authentic I think we are being very authentic when we trust our intuition and we're confident about it, again, we that confidence overrides the anxiety and it reduces that anxiety. And anything Absolutely. that is indecisive makes us feel that self-doubt, doesn't it? So when you're confident and you're trusting yourself, <laughs> again, things yeah. to be better. Yeah, it is one then of course you're able to defeat those elements of anxiety that are negative so i i say to people all the time practice mindfulness meditation body awareness this is another one to know what's impacting you where in your body is it impacting you and and that can help you to connect with your gut instincts as well and develop a stronger sense of self-trust and uh, when you understand all of these things, you're harmonizing these aspects of yourself. And uh, we create a, and I'm making reference to my book. I've got my book here. So I'm making reference to it. That's why I'm looking down. <laughs> yeah, no, this for the listeners. And yeah, the listeners um, will definitely, I think your book is amazing because it has all the tools in there. Yeah. Um, and when you're exercising, you're, I talk about in um, the chapters, especially at the end, calming anxiety naturally. Um, it's under chapter 15. I talk about um, how holistic approach to anxiety management and overall well-being, not just anxiety, allows us to integrate our thoughts, our emotions and our intuition uh, leading to again that greater self-awareness mm-hmm. and that emotional balance and more than anything when you talk to people you say what would you really want in life is that inner peace people want inner peace they don't want the stress and we all want yeah and I, I i think that's so important and that's why i talk quite extensively about that interconnectedness because i think it makes us mm-hmm. become more resilient and grounded and enables us to navigate uh, anxiety with greater ease and and i i think that's really important so i'm going to say it again i, I think <laughs> No, but 
but it's good. It's good. And, and that's why you're on the podcast. So the listeners can actually, after this episode is done, you can all, where can we access your book? I know it's on Amazon. Is it other places as well? If we have links for it, where can people access you and your book? Because I think that will benefit lots of listeners. Uh, you know, as soon as you Google um, Fix Me by Belinda Walia, you will find it's in all major bookstores and it's international as well. So really, you can purchase it anywhere. And now it's available at the airports and some major London uh, train stations oh, wow. as well, which is brilliant. I so you can books at airports. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're traveling, pick one up. But yes, WH Smith, Spoils, Waterstones, anywhere. Um, international um, bookstores, major international bookstores. That's amazing. But if you want to find um, easy access, you can just go to my link tree at the top of my Instagram page or Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have everything in there. Um, yeah, that's very nice because then listeners, uh, well, it is a mental health podcast. So um, listeners are here for a reason. We all want to understand ourselves better and yeah, and cope with anxiety. And I think you gave very good um, examples on how to do so. And that it actually starts with you. Um, you have to know yourself better in order to cope your anxiety. And and then you can be a better version of yourself and, and thus... Um, you handle the anxiety with the tools that are presented in your book. And, and there are so many tools that we can use, but if we incorporate it as a daily habit, we will be better at combating our anxiety. Um, this is how I see it. And now people can also get access to your book, which is amazing and is worldwide. So there's like no excuses. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. I think it was a very interesting uh, perspective you shared on the head, heart and gut and, and, and the whole thing about it's oneself, like that is the main point of anxiety. It's like understanding yourself. So thank you for coming thank on. Thank you. Thank you, Farah. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's a delight to speak to you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.